Hi there and welcome to Global Heart Church. Uh, I'm Jared Keane, the senior pastor, and wherever you are tuning in from around the world today, really, really hope and pray that in our planning of this message that it's going to really inspire you for the great journey that you are on and uh, for the great calling that you have in your own life. So enjoy the message and really pray that it's a blessing to you today. We're really excited to be sharing about this because this is something that obviously, uh, like George said, um, sorry, um, this is not something that always was good for us, and it wasn't something that we came from a real place of strength, you know. Uh, we came from non-Christian families where um, relationships wasn't modelled well at all. Well, yours was better than mine. Somewhat. Yeah. Yeah. But God has really taken us on a journey, and we are by no means perfect, but I don't know where we would be without Jesus, and I don't know where we would be without um, his word and without his... Um, without his example, but also without this family and, and the people in this church that have really modelled to us what healthy family is and what healthy relationship is. So we're excited to be sharing. We've yep. come a long way. We definitely are. We're so grateful to God because it's God's grace that has led us to where we are now. Yeah. And, you know, the best thing about our relationships are they're always growing, right? Yeah. Our relationship's always growing. My relationship with you is always growing as a church, you know, as our family. The relationship with my kids is always growing as they change. And the best thing is, I know God's done it before. 20 years of doing it. I'm excited for the next 20 years of what he can do in my relationships there too. So, so we're, we're going to get stuck in, hey? Well, should we just show you a picture? We've got four kids. Do we have a picture of our kids? Maybe. So this is us. We just went up to the Pink Lake. Is it the Pink Lake in the Cowberry? So this is us. We've got Lucy, who's 11. Ethan, who's 9. He's a little bit smaller than our seven-year-old, Imogen, Don't who's tell him seven. That. And then we've got little Chase, who's just turned three. And so the cool the thing about relationships is if we don't get it right in ourselves and if we don't become emotionally healthy in ourselves, then you bring that to a marriage, yeah, wow. you know, then if you don't deal with that and go on a journey of growing in your relationship with Jesus and growing with your relationship with each other, then you put on top of that different uh, other relationships and if you don't have a good foundation of your relationship with Jesus and then as a as a couple it can be really challenging when you add more complexities of other relationships to it so let's get in it's funny we didn't realize how unhealthy we were until we were actually confronted with health yeah that can be scary hey so true I remember coming to church and seeing people like liking each other and talking to each other and not swearing at each other I went oh this is this is this different, different. I remember going yeah. to your 21st, George, and seeing all of your brothers, like, get up. No one was drunk. No one was, like, slandering and, like, throw, you know, throwing each other. Like, all of your brothers got up and actually honoured you and respected you. And, I was, and we were both like, <gasps> yeah. like, this is awesome. Vision. Like, we never experienced that yeah. at a 21st. Or... It was great. Like, you know, normally brothers in the speeches of weddings, like, it's, or, or 21st birthdays, it's horrible. But that was awesome, man. Like, your Nathan Kerry's wedding, too. I think, like, we cried during that. Anyway. Let's pray. Yeah. Jesus, I thank you that you're here today. God, I thank you that you've got something that you want to bring. And Holy Spirit, I just pray that you um, speak through us, Lord, speak to us, God. I just pray that every person here will be encouraged and inspired, Lord, to hold on to you, Lord, to build their relationship with you, and from that, to really invest in healthy relationships. God, I just pray that you, yeah, use us this morning, in Jesus, or this afternoon, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Are you Amen. cold, my love? Are you sure you don't want your jacket? I'm good. Did you see that? Anyway. God created relationship. And I think that, you know, where we need to start this morning is actually looking at that. He is relationship. You know, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, he's relationship. In Genesis, it said that he made man. 
Yeah, he made man to be in relationship with him, but then he made woman to be in relationship with man. So he values so much. He cherishes relationship and he cherishes his relationship with us, but he also cherishes our relationship with each other. And you see that. John 3.16 says, God loved the world so much that he gave his only son. Yeah. I mean, you look at that scripture, everything God does is about restoring relationship. Yeah. You know, he gave his only son so that every relationship on earth could be restored to him yeah. if we choose so. And I just think, like, he, he's all about the relationship. You look, at, you look at God himself, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the three in one. He's in relationship even with himself. He's all about relationship. Yeah. And I, th- I think when you have a look at relationship through his eyes, um, you know, it actually helps you focus on the good stuff. It helps you focus on the important stuff. When I focus on my kids and their behavior, like God didn't come to the world to change our behavior. He didn't, Jesus didn't die on the cross to give us a behavior management program. He gave, he died on the cross so that we could be restored in our relationship. And I think when we filter everything, all of our challenges through that lens we go actually my kids behavior what's the most important here okay connection relationship do you know what I mean as opposed to not not doing the right thing even yourself like it actually gives you grace that actually it's not about what I do it's about who I am to him you know so because it's a key you know um, relationship is so so important to God um, and so valuable it's literally the key to our salvation that one relationship with Jesus is the key to eternity you know, but the enemy has come and the enemy has tried to destroy. Like that's what the Bible says. The enemy comes to kill, steal and destroy, but I have come to give life. And so um, for us, we had experienced a lot of brokenness in our relationships. And in our first year of marriage, we had to work through a lot of stuff that we brought, expectations, experiences that we'd brought to our marriage that weren't actually healthy. Yeah, you're dead right. And we both brought stuff to the table there. And what we were me bringing... more than you. Well, I wasn't going to say that. I brought a lot of mess to our marriage. He, you'd, had, you'd been healed quite... Like, you'd done a lot yeah, of stuff. Yeah, I think I'd been, I'd been walking with God a bit longer. So God had already... I'd already had to work on some stuff. And by the time we got married, I was on the journey. Whereas I think when we got married, you were a relatively new Christian. And, um, you know, there was things there that hadn't yet been brought into the light of a relationship with Jesus. And, yeah, we got there. Here we are today. It worked. Praise God. God's grace is good. That's so true. But We had massive arguments, like literally oh, big arguments over little things. Bed sheets. Bed sheets. Putting like bed I'd sheets literally on. lose my top, like, because he'd do the bed sheets different to way, the way that I'd been taught to do it. Yeah. How emotionally healthy is that, hey? Do you want to know how how emotionally yeah. it was? I got the silent treatment for two and a half days. Like two there and a half There was a lot days? of stuff that I needed to work through with how yeah. to deal with conflict. And the thing is, I'd never been taught, in my childhood, I'd never been taught emotional, um, like I'd never been taught how to deal with conflict resolution. I'd never been shown, okay, if you disagree with someone, what we did, we just yell at each other, swear at each other, and then walk away. And then when someone came back to try and confront you even more, you just say sorry just to shut them up. Yeah. That was my experience. And so then when Ross would try and talk to me, like he'd, I'd get upset over the silliest things that he didn't even intentionally do. And then I would, then, then I would um, get so angry with him, I'd sulk, and then I'd yell at him, and I'd sulk, and then, and then I'd get full of shame because I was so, being so immature. And um, it, we just, it just went into this spiral of 
you know, so it was really huge for us to be in God's house, to be around God's family, getting around people who were modeling good, healthy relationships to us that we could go, hey, I want to get around you because I want to learn from you. It was key to be praying, like, you know, it was key to be reading our word, like what George was saying this morning, you know, um, to be really growing in that and applying his word. But you know what? There was also times when that wasn't enough. And for us, we had to get help. We had to talk to people. We had to, you know, I personally had to do work with myself and get some help there. So sometimes it works doing everything, but then sometimes we need extra help as well, and that's okay. And you know what? It's worth it. It's so worth it. It's so worth um, investing what you need to for your relationship. Definitely. The biggest key for us in relationships, uh, I think, and in our relationship has been uh, Matthew 22, verse 37. Um, it's going to come up on the screen, but Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So good. And we've really, that's really helped us in our relationships is understanding that first and foremost, we're to be in relationship with God. Uh, we're to love God first with all our heart, soul and mind. So first in our marriage is my relationship with God, is Amber's relationship with God. That's the number one. And that's our marriage. So it should be in every other relationship we have, our friends, our kids, our staff, our peers, whoever it is. First and foremost, we need to be working on our relationship with God. And then secondly, love your neighbor as yourself. And I think the reason for that is that when we have our relationship with God going well, we're Um, building that, then we're being filled up with him. He has everything that our heart needs. He has everything that our deepest parts of us need. And so then when we are um, focusing first on our relationship with Jesus and building that, then we're able to love others from a place of strength. We're able to love others from a place of being filled up. You know, when you try and love people without, with like when you take the, the, when you take God out of the equation, And when you take that first pit out of that scripture and you just try and love others, then you're loving from empty. And then that's when we start to misuse, abuse, mistreat. You start to see people um, as a means to an end rather than actually being able to genuinely, genuinely, genuinely care for people. And that's not a deliberate thing. You're not going out of your way to hurt people. But because there's no revelation and no relationship with Jesus there to help heal you and bring you forward in relationships, that's going to happen. So that's why it's so important. You know, for me, before I knew Jesus... I um, was always in competition with other people, especially girls. So I'd always be eyeing girls up and down going, are they prettier? Are they more confident? Are they skinnier? Are they um, more popular? And so because I was always in competition with other girls, I was threatened by them. And so it's very hard to love people when you're threatened by them. Yeah? Yeah? So it was only when I actually got that, okay, God came into my life and I was able to go, like, and was filled up with him put him first and then, then he like he gave me everything that I needed in my heart so then I was actually able to love people with sincerity and with genuineness rather than comparison all the time yeah all right so what just quickly what are some of the things that we look for if you're wanting to I think we need to love all people but when you're looking at people to bring in close to us we need to have a look at actually some qualities that we want to look um, bring in close and my love yeah. So, it away. what are we looking for? What are these qualities? I think, first of all, and we've 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 kind of touched on it, but you want to bring people in close who put their relationship with Jesus over their relationship with you. 
all right? So same, like, same as we go talk about us not being able to love people without a strong relationship with Jesus or love people well, it's the same for them. If they're not living with God and loving people well, uh, not loving Jesus, it's going to be very hard for them to love you. It's yeah. going to be very hard for them to put you first over their own needs. Absolutely. I think this is what, when we first started dating, well, we were actually had a long-distant relationship. Mm. You were in Perth, I was in Sydney, and I remember I was a relatively new Christian, and I was, you know... Um, Anyway, we were chatting and we were getting a bit closer and closer. And at that one point, your leaders had said to you, you need to... Back up the truck. Yeah, you need to back up the truck. You need to call it and you need to let her have some time to build her relationship with Jesus over you. And that was so hard, but I was so thankful that he actually did that. And he honoured me with that because it allowed me to actually have some space to then go to God, build my relationship with him. So that then later down the track, when we had that space, mm. I was able to then come and bring a little bit more health to our relationship as opposed to a lot more. Lots more, Mark. Yeah. Lots more. Yeah. Um, um, you want to find someone in relationship who's going the same place as you. All right. So uh, in this place here, we are all Christians, or most of us are, and if you're not, let's get to be one. <laughs> but look, the reality is we're in here to build God's house. Mm. Amber and myself... Uh, made a decision early on in our life together that put first the kingdom of God. Yeah. That's what we're going to do. So having Amber by my side, knowing that that is what she's all about, yeah. makes our life together so much more yeah. uh, fluent because we're both aiming for the same thing. Sure. All right? So, you know, different story. Like, it, you know, it, you know what it's like. You're going out for dinner. Someone can't decide whether you want Indian or whether you want Australian cuisine. I want to go to Outback Jacks. Amber wants to go to Two Fat Indians. All right. If we're not Gulab on the same Jarman page, Bulls. Gulab Jamun. Was that good pronunciation, someone? Gulab, Gulab Jamun. They're my favourite anyway. dessert. But if you're on a different page and you're going a different direction, you've got a different goal in mind. Someone at the end of it is not going to be enjoying themselves as much. All right. So it's got to make sure if you're looking for someone to be in relationship with that you're going the same place. Putting God's house first. And can I just share, if you are in relationship with someone who maybe isn't at the same place as you, then that's okay. God's grace is sufficient. God's grace is enough. And sometimes we need to say less, pray more, you know, and actually rather than trying to change them and move them, just give them to Jesus and actually be praying and asking God to change them, okay? So I just want to encourage, throw that out there. We want someone, if we're finding someone to bring close to, good character. We want them to be loyal. We want them to be trustworthy. We want them to be integ full of integrity. Yeah, we want them to have a healthy self-respect because if they don't have a healthy self-respect, how are they going to respect you? Yeah. Then we also want someone who um, can be fun and you can be yourself around. Yeah, just that you can just let, not let loose. Well, yeah, <laughs> be real. Let loose in a good sense. Um, just be real. Cool? Yeah. Cool. Next point. All right. How do you nurture healthy relationships? So once you've found some quality people to bring in close to you, how do you nurture that? How do you, how do you look after that? And I think a key, actually looking for people, good thing to actually touch on is actually the boundaries. You want someone who's got good um, emotional boundaries, who isn't always projecting their mess onto other people, but actually is able to see their mess and take it and deal with it rather than blame other people for it. Yeah? So you want someone with good emotional boundaries. All right, so how do we nurture, my love? How do we nurture healthy relationships? We need to grow in humility, all right? We can only work on changing ourselves. I've learned this after 20 years. I cannot change Amber. She still wants to do the bed sheets the way she does them. 
But my humility has gone... more gracious, though. My humility is, is in, okay, that doesn't matter. Let's do the bed sheets your way. All right? But rather than trying to change the other person, we need to realize that that's up to God. All right? We can pray for people, all right? And we can trust God with them. Humility allows us... Um, having a posture of humility allows us to see our own mess and then be repentant about it. So sometimes we can see our own mess and not want to look at it or deflect it or not want to deal with it. But humility is when we do the first part, we're able to see it, but then we're able to repent, be sorry, and change. So we need humility in our own life to be able to grow in relationship with someone else. You know, the opposite of humility is pride, and pride exposes and shames. All right. So if you're in a relationship and you're wondering why things aren't working and you're getting called out for uh, putting the other person down, it's because you're lacking humility. All right, pride, you've got pride, and that's what is exposing that person, that's shaming that other person, it's putting them down, it's making fun of them. All those kind of things is a good, a good indicator that there's a bit of humility, uh, lack of humility there, and we need to get some. Yeah, for sure. We have something in our um, family called cover. I think George has shared a bit about it. It's spreading. But like, say, it's if someone farts, you know how when the kids are out with their Not friends, me. and if someone farts, sorry, or pops off, or whatever you want to call it, we just call it for what it is. It's farts. It's a fart. Um, so people, if someone right? farts, you know how like everyone's like, who did that? You did that. And they try and like point the finger. And I've noticed that in other, like in other, um, you know, kids that I went as me as a, as a kid. I remember I used to be like, no, it wasn't me. It was you. It was, you know, and you try and point the blame and you try and, but actually in our kids, we're trying to actually um, take hold of this whole thing of humility and of cover. Like, we actually protect each other. Jesus doesn't expose our mess. Right. He doesn't, like, spread it out for everyone to see. He covers us. So let's cover each other. Yeah, yeah. And you can't do that without humility. Yeah? Did, um, didn't Chase cover you once? <laughs> um, cover! <coughs> I know, that's the funny thing. Our kids cover, but then they tell everyone else yeah, about yeah, yeah. the time when we They're all learning. said cover. They're learning. I was in the, I was in, I was in the shop. And I might have just, you know, and Chase has just, you know, I'm not saying it in case we're taping, um, but I might have. And Chase has gone, oh, Mom, cover, like this. <laughs> it was too, it was very cute. Uh, anyway, thanks, babe. Very anyway, good. but you know what? Can I just share? The Holy Spirit is our helper. Sorry, babe. And so there are, yeah, cover. Yeah, bad, I fail. Hey, we're all learning. Um, the Holy Spirit is our helper and there have been many times where um, I've had so much pride. Like there was a time I remember even recently when I was so upset and I was so, and there was just this wall, you know, and because of my pride, all I was seeing was his stuff and I was like, you know, he's got to change and he's got to, you know, but I had not let any humility in to actually deal with my stuff and all I wanted to do was focus there. And I remember that the Holy Spirit one night, we're lying in bed and we're lying next. And the last thing I wanted to do, like nothing massive had happened. I just got into my own thinking and I just allowed my thinking to go into a place that was really not good for us. And um, anyway, and I was lying in bed and the last thing I wanted to do was to touch him or to have him touch me or cuddle me or anything. And I just remember the Holy Spirit just said, just ask for a cuddle and then sort out the rest later. Don't try and sort it out now before a cuddle, just ask for a cuddle. And I was like, mm, like, nothing in me wanted to touch. Anyway, sorry. It's it's right. We've already spoken about this. We've spoken about We've this. Spoken this about isn't this. us now sorting this out. No. This is, this all right. We've is, this is history. This. But it's important right. because I want to bring the Holy Spirit into this because if I hadn't have listened to the Holy Spirit, I don't know where that could have taken me. I don't know where my mind could have taken me. And I listened to the Holy Spirit. I was like, let's just have a cuddle. And I was like, mm. and we had a, and we just cuddled. 
And there was nothing in it. There was nothing exciting. It was just a cuddle. But the Holy Spirit knew. And in that moment of that cuddle, all of the stuff just dropped. It was spiritual. I don't know what it was. But all of the frustration, the thoughts, the anger just literally dropped to the ground. Like dropped. And I was like, oh, like there was reconnection. There was, you know, we were able to then actually work through it because of what that, because of just that little hint that the Holy Spirit brought. And that's what I just want to bring in our relationship. The Holy Spirit is here to help, you know, and sometimes we can be so caught in our pride that we're not listening to him. But if we just tune into him and are humble enough to obey him, Mm. then he will bring the strategy. He's all about restoring. He's all about bringing people together. So he will bring that if we listen. Yep. All right, let's move on. Go, my love. Back your relationships with your words and thoughts. Don't tear it down. Our culture loves to gossip. Our culture, the wives love to talk about the husband. Parents, their kids. Parents love to talk and gossip about their kids. You know, friends. We talk about our friends behind their back. Well, we don't. But (laughs) it's very acceptable. It's very acceptable in our culture to talk about people behind their back. And that's a really um, yucky kind of relationship to be on when you know, like in my family, I love them to bits. But I know that they're talking about me when I'm not there. And so it's a really hard thing to actually be open and be real and be vulnerable in relationship when you know that actually in that relationship you're seeing one thing and then there's something else going on. Yeah. And so in our relationships, it's really important that in our thinking and in our, in, our, in our words, we are actually backing that relationship rather than tearing it down. This was a massive thing for me. Um, it's, it's so easy to see the negative as well. Like, it's an easy thing to point out someone's negative and see it and speak about it. It's much harder to actually think and say, what can I encourage this person about? What can I edify them in? What can I lift them up and thank God for them? It's very easy to go to the negative. And Proverbs 18 verse 21 says, The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. You know, our words are powerful. What we're saying about our kids to our friend has an impact on them because we're believing it. The more you speak it, the more you believe it. Especially especially the negative stuff. What you're speaking about your spouse to your mate, same thing. What you're speaking about the person in the row behind you, don't look around, same thing, all right? You're making it hard to build relationship with that person. You're bringing it down. I remember when Chase was little and like we do, he's, he's awesome. He's full of life. Every emotion he feels, he's like we hear about it very loudly. And um, he's so beautiful. He's got such a beautiful heart. But for so long, we were like, man, he's full on. Like, he's so full on. And then more and more, he was full on. Like, more and more, all we saw was this hectic behavior. And the more we talked about it, the more it happened. And so we actually had to adjust ourselves and go, no, we're speaking. God, you know, we're speaking. He's a beautiful boy. He's got a great plan. God's got a great plan for him. But also, like, that he is gentle and he's... You know, we were having to speak in Look, to him what we wanted. We to named speak. him Chase. I mean, I know, like power of words. I next, know. next child. True. Oh, I almost said next child. Don't. I'm just gonna go vomit. If I we feel had sick. another. No. If we have another child, I'll name him Still or Sleep. Or Peace. Peace. But we need to capture our thoughts. You know, in marriage and in any relationship, if you're attacking them with your thinking. Actually, in your marriage, because the Bible says um, we are one. So um, if, you're attacking them in with, if you're attacking your spouse with your thinking, you're actually attacking yourself. Mm. And I think that's something that I actually, God, like, I was very slow to catch on to. Because in my thinking, I was like, oh, well, da-da-da-da and da 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 And then, like, slowly God kind yeah, of made it. He's still doing it. Yeah. Well, for me, I mean, I'm a jeepers. Not for you, my love. You're great. Well, I do still do it. That's true. But I'm yeah. growing in it. Yeah. 
But it's like we're, we're attacking ourselves and the sooner we realise that we're actually attacking ourselves, not just the other person, it's like, ah, oh, stop. Okay. All right. Um, Romans 12.2. Yep. My love. Okay. Go. Don't be conformed by, to this world, but be transformed by renewing your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You know, our thinking, like if you want to see change in your relationships, change in your friendships, first it starts with our thinking. Yeah, and you need to trust God. You need to trust God with your thinking. And even if it doesn't start coming straight away or even if you're kind of having to start thinking something very foreign, get hold of his word, start thinking his word and start thinking his promises for your life and things will start to change. All right. Do you want to say that? No. Okay. All right. Prioritize your relationships with your time. Matthew 6, verse 21, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I think... You know, we look at our own lives when we go through a season of what we feel like a little bit of disconnection. Um, you know, the emotional stuff's not going on. The touch isn't the happening. Intimacy's the intimacy is not going on. intimacy is not going on. Um, we often can look back and go, hang on a minute. When was the last time we had a date? Like, yeah. when was the last time we had a date, like Pastor George said in the 10 a.m., where we planned it, we went, we did something special, not just grabbed a quick Maccas on the way home while there's yeah. no kids in the car. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, when was the last time we spent time deliberately together, even praying, even having, even having conversation, whatever it is? And quite often, we can, we can look at the times where we're feeling disconnected and go, hang on a minute, there's been a few weeks there or a month or longer, uh, where we haven't had that time together because you're busy. Right, you've got kids, you've got work going on, you've got things happening. You've but got the iPhone, Facebook, Instagram, scrolling, still yeah, in your time. That's right. There's things there that will try and get your time. But relationships, just like, the, just like what you're talking about with the relationship with God in the last service, George, making time and putting that specific time aside to read your Bible. You need to do the same for your relationships. You need to prioritize time. We need, we need to yeah. put in our diary and weekly and calendar yeah. times where we are going to do that. We do that on the calendar for the kids to see. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just looking at the time. Yeah, it's the time. The time. We've got to move. Yeah. Keep going. It's funny, our kids, when, when we see our kids' behavior go downhill, you know, and then you think, okay, we actually look at it and go, right, we haven't actually invested any time there. We've not actually enjoyed them. And mm. like with kids... People are the same. People flourish when they're being enjoyed, not enjoyed. Mm, mm. So when we put a little bit of, oh, mm. people, when we put a little bit of um, time and invest some special time with our kids, then we start seeing them for who they are. We start enjoying them as opposed to just pointing out their behaviour stuff. Yeah. All right. We want to have fun with each other, hey? Yeah. When we're having time with them. We need to learn how to love well. All right. Love languages has been a huge thing for us. If you haven't read about love languages, I'm not going to, we won't explain it too much no, no. now, um, but love languages has been huge. So just like we all talk in different languages, we all love in different languages and we all feel love in different languages. And if you haven't researched that, go and Google love languages. There's a great book called The, God, the Five Love Languages of God. But when you, um, sometimes we're throwing out love at people, but they're not receiving it. So we actually need to learn how they feel loved and then we need to be able to give that love to them but also learn how we feel loved mm. sometimes I'm really struggling and now I'm able to actually say to Ross actually I'm a touch person and a quality time person and sometimes I'm struggling I can just say Ross I think I just need a hug and all he does is hug me and then I'm like oh I'm okay now let's go <laughs> like yeah, yeah, yeah. it's really really good when you can learn your love language yeah you know but we need to um especially in marriage we need to go on a journey of being intimate with each other and getting to know each other getting to know how to love each other better how to be intimate how to, um, yeah, how to meet what, what each other needs. 
Let's talk about sex. Now that the music's on, let's talk about sex. I don't know. Hey, you know what? Just quickly on sex. You know, sex was something that God designed as a gift for us. Yeah. Yeah? And it's something that he designed, yes, to make babies, but also to unite and to glue together the husband and the wife. Um, Genesis 2 verse 24 says, A man should leave his mum and dad and be united with his wife and become one flesh. You know, it's when we have sex with each other that that's when we become one flesh. And, you know, the cool thing is, is that scientists have discovered that, I don't know if you've heard about this, but this oxytocin uh, hormone, and it's like a hormone that super glues you together. So when you have sex with someone, it actually glues you to that person. Emotionally glues um, it, well, you. Well, yeah. And, it, um, and, you know, it happens. <laughs> I didn't go there. Actually, you guys did. Can I just share really quickly? I was explaining it to my son about what sex is and how da 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 how it works, and he goes, "Yeah, he's, Mom. he was like seven at the no, time." No, he was eight. eight. He goes, "Mom, has it ever happened that the boy has gotten stuck into the in the girl?" And I was like, "Good question. No, it hasn't. I don't think. But it doesn't glue you. It emotionally glues yeah, yeah, you yeah. to the man and the woman, right?" Stop. Anyway. So oxytocin, it's like the emotional superglue. And it happened, it's released in both the men and the women, right? But it works differently for the men and the women. For the women, like, shush. Sounds like something you buy in the Isle of Bunnings. Shh. Oxytocin glue. I'll just go get some oxytocin. Babe. It does though. For women, when they, when they have sex with their husband or with someone, um, it actually um, creates a strong emotional bond. And it helps her feel closer to that, to that man. It helps her forget their faults. It helps them um, trust them more, which is mm. a great thing. It helps them forgive them. Yeah. It's a great thing in a marriage. Yeah, yeah. Possibly not a great thing outside, outside of a marriage. Of marriage. And for a man, it does something differently. What it actually does, it helps us to subconsciously avoid other attractive uh, females. It's, 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 tr- it's tr- truth. Like, and what happens is it, because it's creating pathways in your brain, fellas, that this is this person's beautiful. This is who I'm with because emotionally you're joining together. It's really cool, really yeah, powerful and stuff. Know, and God created him. it. Yeah. Like God knows what He's doing. Hey, so that's why He's designed it. He's designed sex for husband and wife. Yeah. 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 That's so good. So being glued to your husband and wife is a good thing, but it, being glued to other people other than your husband and wife may not be good. And something that we explain to our kids is like, if you are. Um, you know, God created you as this beautiful picture. Like, just imagine you, you've got you're this beautiful painting or picture, right? And when you go and you stick yourself into, onto another piece of paper, right? And then when you have sex with them, that's what you do. You glue yourself to that other piece of paper. But then when you realise, oh, actually, this person is not the person that I'm meant to be glued with. This is not the person I'm meant to be with. So you take yourself off that piece of paper. What happens when you rip something off that's been glued? It gets torn up. And then you go and you, t- you, you glue it onto something else, another piece of paper, another man, another woman, and then you glue yourself to that person. Oh, this is not the right person for me either. Let's pull that off. So by the time we find the person that God has got for us, then in marriage, um, in marriage then we bring this tattered and torn piece of paper. And the great thing is, is that God can restore it. God can restore you. But it takes work and it takes trusting Him. It takes trusting His Word and His love. But the, 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 the plan for sex is that in His plan, in His story, in God's story, that it be something beautiful that we give to each other in marriage. Yeah, that unites us, that strengthens us. Um, not to be something to 
rip us apart and pull us apart trying to find the right person. Is that cool? Yeah. Awesome. All right. Should we move on? Yeah. Our relationship with Jesus will safeguard our relationship with everyone else. Fight for intimacy with Jesus. Hey, and George spoke it so well in the last service. Making reading your Bible is a priority. Right? That's what's going to help us be intimate with Jesus. You know, going to the beach doesn't do it, like you said. All right? It's getting in the Word and understanding who He is and learning who He is and developing that intimate relationship with Him. Getting hungry for Him yeah. is going to help us grow in our relationships. Because when our relationship with Jesus is dry, we begin looking to other people to fill what only He can do for us. All right? Yeah. No one else can do what God can in your life. Yeah. We need to check our expectations. Is there anything we're expecting from people at the moment that only God can give us? Yeah. Go to Him for that relationship. Yeah. You know, people in church might have some answers for you, might have yeah. some help for you, but God is the ultimate. You need yeah. to go to God. Psalm 118, verse 8. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. As we put our trust in God, all the unrealistic expectations we have of people will drop off. As we build our relationship with God, those unrealistic expectations we have of past friends, past family, past hurts, they'll all drop off. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. I want to encourage, I think we want to just probably finish and just encourage you that God has got an incredible plan for all of us. And that actually, if you've been exposed or if you've experienced relationship in the past that actually has brought you hurt or that's brought you... Um, Maybe you've, I don't know, shame or, you know, maybe you've been abused and mistreated that actually God has got an incredible plan of restoration for you and for your life. And that in his word, you'll find gold, like what George said, you'll find gold, but also in his love, you will be restored. And the deepest parts of your heart and the deepest parts of your life that you thought you could never open again, if you choose to be vulnerable to Jesus, he will strengthen and fill and um, satisfy you in a way that then you will then be able to love others in this pure and genuine and authentic yeah. love. Yeah. And I want to encourage you, there were times when I felt like on this journey of being healed and this journey of actually creating health, there were times when I was like, man, there's so much work I've got to do. Like there is so much work I've got to do and it was really quite overwhelming and it was almost easy to kind of just give up. You know, it was easy just to go back to what the world said was healthy or was normal because it was just easier but you know there are two scriptures and I actually forgot where exactly they are <laughs> I only just thought about them a little bit more but these were two scriptures a little bit like just before we came up here but these were two scriptures that actually really held me in the times when I was having to do work and it was actually feeling very long um the script you know that scripture he will complete what is it he will complete what he's started in you you know that's a promise if you're here, God has started something yeah, awesome in you. So true. And you need to hold on to that, that word. Um, go Google it, where it is in the Bible. Um, but pr that he promises to complete what he has started in you. And he has started something beautiful and awesome. He's started healing. He's started restoration. He's starting something awesome. And he will complete it if you hold on yeah. to him. The second thing that I needed to do in that journey was to trust who God said I was. I needed to trust who God said I was. I am made, we are made in His image. I, as, I am His workmanship. You know, I had to trust who, I, who He said I was as opposed to what I felt about myself or about my behaviour or all of those things. Is that cool? Yeah. Awesome. I think we're done. Shall we stand and shall we, pray, uh, shall we worship together? Yeah, let's do it. Thank you so much for joining us online today. Really great to have you with us and special thanks to those also who give online. Your generosity is making the way for others 
to hear the message of Jesus both here in Australia and around the world. If you enjoyed today's message, I'd love to encourage you to share this message with a friend, a workmate, a family member, and let's believe together that it will powerfully impact their life for good in Jesus' name. If you're unable to be with us at one of our church locations, uh, both here in Australia and around the world, please join us online every Sunday for Global Heart at Home on YouTube. God bless and have a great week.